Last weekend, we began a series that we're calling a resounding yes, and we're talking about the fact that God always keeps his promises. And our theme verse is where our series title came from, and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what it says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. We are looking at Old Testament promises that God made, and then we are seeing how Jesus fulfilled them with a resounding yes. Today, we want to talk about God's promise, I will hear you and answer you. Let's talk about our relationships with people first. We like it when people hear and answer us, but we hate it when they fail to do one or both. Do you have someone who lives in your house, who seems to have selective hearing. Now, it might be your spouse, but it may be a child who never seems to hear you ask them to take the trash out. But when they are two rooms away and you whisper to your spouse, let's go for ice cream after dinner, they hear that and they begin running through the house declaring that you're having ice cream after dinner. It's amazing how their ears can hear that but not hear about taking out the trash. And when someone's listening but not answering, that can be frustrating. My father-in-law used to have this habit of watching TV or doing something and you'd be talking to him and you knew he was listening but he would never answer, you know? You'd pause, and he might realize you've paused and nod, you know, but it was frustrating. And um, when his daughter sometimes does the same thing, it's <laughs> frustrating. If she was sitting in the room right now, I might not be brave enough to say that, but... <laughs> and then answering can be frustrating if the person hasn't listened well. A wife sent her husband to the store. She said, buy a gallon of milk, and if they have apples, buy six. When he returned, he was lugging six gallons of milk. She said, why did you buy six gallons of milk? He looked confused and replied, the store had apples. You said, buy a gallon of milk, and if the store has apples, buy six. Well, clearly he had heard but he'd gotten the wrong message. But God's, God promises to hear and answer us. And he makes that promise in the Old Testament in one of the places, and he does it just after declaring that he knows the plans he has for us. And that his plans are to give us hope and a good future. Look at these verses from Jeremiah 29. You've probably uh, seen them before. It says, I say this because I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. Then you will call my name. You will come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will search for me, and when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. God promises to listen. He promises to hear us and to answer us. And Jesus repeats and fulfills this promise. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 15. Jesus says, 
stay joined to me and let my teachings become part of you. Then you can pray for whatever you want and your prayers will be answered. We can pray for whatever we want and our prayers will be answered. And this is a great promise. John, one of Jesus' closest friends, seems to really like this promise because he repeats it often. And I'm especially fond of the way he repeats it towards the end of his life while writing a letter that we call 1 John today. Here's what he says in chapter 5 of 1 John. We are certain that God will hear our prayers when we ask for what pleases him. And if we know that God listens when we pray, we are sure that our prayers have already been answered. John says, we are certain God hears our prayers. There's no doubt about it. We're certain he hears our prayers. And if we know he listens when we pray, we are sure that our prayers have already been answered. Let's put aside these encouraging words for a minute. Let's try to be real. Does anybody else struggle with this promise? Does anybody else struggle with this promise? I mean, it just just doesn't seem that simple sometimes, does it? I mean, prayer can be a great thing. There are times when we come to God in prayer and we pour out our heart and he shows up and he ministers to us and he gives us peace and maybe nothing has changed in the situation at all, but God gave us a calmness or we pray and boom, there is an undeniable answer or we pray and we sense that God is leading in our heart and uh, in our life and we know suddenly the right thing to do in the situation. And I love those times. I love those times. They uh, excite me. They cause me to draw close to God. They cause me to praise him. And if every time I prayed, I sensed God's immediate answer or his immediate comfort, I would never struggle with prayer. But I do struggle sometimes. And I think you do too. You see, I have to be honest enough to tell you that sometimes it doesn't seem to work that way for me. I pray over and over and over about something and um, it just seems like my prayers are hitting the ceiling, bouncing back at me. And understand, I am not saying that I used to feel that way years ago. I'm saying I felt that way recently. I felt that way this week. I mean, I have felt that way while praying about several issues. I've been praying for God to supply the right kids director for our church for over a year now. I have felt that way praying for the repentance of somebody I really care about. I've felt that way praying for God to supply the finances we need to take this big step that we're taking as a church. And I feel that way when I pray for people who are physically ill or mentally ill and they just need God's healing touch or while praying for people who are wandering further and further and further away from God or when I pray for people who just are trapped in sin or in some addiction or habit. These are just a few issues that I've been praying about and some of them I've been praying about for years. 
And there are times when it seems, it just seems like God isn't listening. He seems absolutely silent. And like you, I have prayed for miracles. And they haven't happened. At least not yet. At least not yet. When we feel God isn't listening, we want to know why. Now, I honestly believe he is listening. I honestly believe that he keeps his promise and he is listening. But our feelings deceive us and we just don't feel like he is. But did you know, I guess we ought to at least acknowledge that biblically there are some reasons that your prayers really might not be answered. There are some reasons biblically why your prayers might be unanswered. And due to how much uh, we're covering today, I just want to mention these briefly. And I'll read the scriptures with very few comments. But um, while there are probably others, let me point out six biblical reasons your prayers might be unanswered. The first is this, you're far from Jesus. We read this earlier, but look at it again. Stay joined to me. And let my teachings become part of you. Then you can pray for whatever you want and your prayers will be answered. The Bible promises the prayers of those who have committed themselves to Jesus, those who are walking close to him, will be answered. And many people, many times people who have never committed themselves to God and they aren't even trying to live their life according to his principles, they get angry when God doesn't answer their prayers. Prayers might be unanswered. Secondly, if you're ignoring your sin. If you're ignoring your sin, look at what Isaiah 59 says. Surely the Lord's power is enough to save you. He can hear you when you ask him for help. It is your evil that has separated you from God. Your sins cause him to turn away from you so he does not hear you. If you're engaging in a willful and an ongoing sin and you're not even trying to deal with it, that choice may hinder your prayers. Prayers may be unanswered if you haven't forgiven someone. Look at this passage, what Jesus says in Mark 11. Everything you ask for in prayer will be yours if you only have faith. Whenever you stand up to pray, you must forgive what others have done to you. Then your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. Over and over again, every time Jesus talks about prayer, he talks about forgiveness. Why? Because nothing will kill your prayers faster than resentment and refusing to forgive. Fourthly, prayers might be unanswered if you forgot to ask. That seems pretty obvious, but um, James 4 says this, you do not get what you want because you do not ask God. Many times we mean to pray, and we promise to pray, we just don't ever quite get around to actually praying. The same passage goes on to give us another one. Prayers might be unanswered if you are being selfish. James 4.3 says this, Or when you ask, you do not receive because the reason you ask is wrong. You want things so you can use them for your own pleasure. Praying with selfish motives and desires is not God's plan for us, and it's not God's plan for prayer, and it seems to hinder our prayers from being answered. And then lastly, prayers might be unanswered if you're doubting God. Look at what it says in Matthew 9. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, 
according to your faith, will it be done for you. So if you pray, but you really don't believe God will do what you're asking, that might hinder your prayer. So sometimes when it seems our prayers haven't been answered, it may be because God wants to correct one or more of these problems in our lives. We need to pay attention to these things to make sure that we're right with God and not sabotaging our own prayers. But to be honest, this would be a really easy message if I could just point you to that list every time you feel silence from God. Unfortunately, there are times when those things aren't true in my life or your life and it still feels like God isn't listening. I mean, your relationship with God is great. You're dealing with your sin. You're forgiving. You're remembering to pray. You're avoiding selfishness. You're trusting God and believing that he can answer. Yet there still seems to be no answer. So today, I want to declare the truth that God always keeps his promises. I want to declare the truth that he always keeps his promises, that he promises to hear and answer our prayers, and he keeps that promise. I also want to declare the truth that sometimes prayer can be discouraging. That's true also. So let's deal today with the real question. What do you do when it feels like God isn't listening? What should you do when it feels like God isn't listening? Now, here's the good news. Jesus knew that prayer would sometimes be discouraging. In fact, he told two stories that deal with the discouragement that we sometimes feel about prayer. Both stories are similar, yet very curious. Let me read the first one from Luke chapter 18. Story one says this. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. There was a city judge, he said, a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman bothers me. I'm going to see that she gets justice for she is wearing me out with her constant coming. Then the Lord said, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Yes, he will answer them quickly. But the question is, when I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? This story has a widow coming to an evil judge for help. In that day, widows couldn't work, they couldn't own property, and they had no legal rights. Her only way to get help was to go to the judge. And if he didn't help, there was no appeal process. So she went and he didn't help. And so she kept going and she kept begging him. And finally, he gave her help because he was tired of her bugging him. That's story number one. Story number two is found in Luke chapter 11. Here's what it says. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would shout up to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I've nothing to give him to eat. 
he would call down from his bedroom, please don't ask me to get up. The door is locked for the night and we are all in bed. I just can't help you this time. But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. Now, to understand this story that Jesus tells, you have to understand Middle Eastern culture. Hospitality is a really big deal. When you have a guest, no matter when they arrive, you must give them food. It's rude not to. And if you are a guest, you have to eat. It's rude not to, whether you're hungry or not. So not providing food for a guest or not accepting food as a guest is considered a personal insult or rejection. Also, in Jesus' day, it was the responsibility of the whole village to welcome a guest. Therefore, what Jesus describes here never would have happened in most villages. No neighbor would refuse to get up and give you some bread. In fact, he probably would have helped you slice it and serve it. But in Jesus' story, the friend does refuse. But the man keeps knocking, and eventually the man gets up and gives him the bread because of his persistence. Now, these are Jesus' two stories about prayer. Just what does he mean by them? Well, it's easy to misunderstand Jesus' point in these stories. So write this down. Jesus told two kinds of parables or stories. <coughs> Excuse me. He told stories of comparison that said, <clears throat> God is like this. And then he told stories of contrast. God is not like this. And these are stories of contrast. He is not saying God is like this evil judge or this sleepy rude neighbor and if we'll just keep nagging him, if we keep bugging him, that he'll get irritated with us enough that he will give us what we want. Here's what he is saying. If a heartless ungodly judge will eventually give in because of your persistence or a neighbor will give in because you keep knocking, how much more will the God who loves you and cares about you keep his promises to hear you and to answer your prayers? Now, because this is true, let's spend some time seeing from these stories some important truths that Jesus teaches for those times when we feel like God just isn't listening. Okay, first, Jesus says, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. This is his whole point for telling these stories. Look at Luke 18, verse 1 again. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. Now, why does Jesus want us to keep praying? I mean, isn't it true that he already knows what we need before we ask him? I mean, we don't really have to tell him what we need because scripture says he knows what we need before we ask him. Is that true? Yes, that's true, but he wants us to keep praying. He wants us to pray without ceasing. And let me give you three simple reasons why. First, when I keep praying, I figure out what I really want. 
When I keep praying, I figure out what I really want. Sometimes a delayed answer gives me a chance to really figure out what I need or what I want. I mean, now, if you have kids, you know that they say a thousand times each year, they point to a thousand different items and say, I want that for my birthday, or I want that for Christmas. A thousand different things. I want that for Christmas. I want that for my birthday. When it comes Christmas time, which of those thousand items do you buy? All of them I know, right? <laughs> which of the ones do you buy? Well, you buy the ones that they've mentioned over and over again, right? You mention the ones that they have mentioned more than once because sometimes in prayer we ask for one thing, but in the process of praying we figure out that we want something different. We want something better. Repeated prayer helps me to know what I really want. Aren't you glad? Think about this for a minute. Aren't you glad that God hasn't answered all your prayers the way you prayed them the first time? Think about that just a minute, okay? Here's the one that makes me shudder. I am really glad God did not answer my prayer for who I was going to marry the way I prayed it the first time. I shudder to think who I'd be married to today if God had said, oh, okay, you want to marry that person? Go ahead. It wouldn't have been Jill, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. But I'm really glad that God didn't say yes to that prayer. Anyway, continuing to pray focuses our attention on God's will. Our first request might be pretty shallow. It might be pretty selfish, but persistent prayer helps us to refine our request and to match God's will and not just our own selfishness. Sometimes I don't know what I want until I pray about it for a while. And it may take some time in prayer to understand what's really best for us. Secondly, when I keep praying, I get ready for a better answer. When I keep praying, I get ready for a better answer. I try to remember this scripture when I pray. Here's the scripture from Ephesians chapter 3. With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. When I pray, I try to say to God, this is what looks best to me. This is what looks right to me. This is what I'm asking for because I think this is what will help me. But if you want to do something even better, if you want to do something that I've never even thought about or imagined, if you want to do something better, I'm okay with better. I'll accept better if you want to give it. Now, sometimes it's a better answer I like. Um. When we were praying about where God wanted us to move as a church, we looked at a lot of different properties. One of them that we looked at, I had been driving by for four or five years praying for. I believed that's where God wanted us. I had kind of claimed it. I had prayed, you know, God, this is property we want and so forth. And um, God gave us the landing instead, and it's better. You see, it's a better answer, and it's a better answer that I like. Sometimes it's a better answer that I hate. It's still a better answer, but I hate it. I remember when our daughter Kayla was born with her chronic illness, and 
we prayed that God would heal her. And she struggled for four and a half years. And after four and a half years, God healed her. He healed her by taking her to heaven after she died. And we miss her every day. And we want her with us. But God's healing was a better answer, just a better answer that I hate. And so sometimes when we keep praying, we get ready for a better answer. Next, when I keep praying, I learn to trust God. Praying persistently reminds me that God needs to be involved. Let's get this straight. When I pray about something over and over, when I pray persistently, it's not because I need to remind God. You understand, God is not like our spouse. Sometimes we need to remind our spouse or our kids of certain things. But God's not like that. When I pray about the same thing over and over again, it's not because God's gotten so busy this week, he's forgotten that I ask that, and so I just have to remind him, hey, God, I'm still waiting for you to do this. I don't pray about something persistently to remind God. I pray about it persistently to remind me how much I need God, to remind me, myself that God needs to be involved in every aspect and every area of my life. And when I have to keep praying about something, it teaches me to trust God more. Sometimes God allows things to go slower to help us get stronger. He allows things to go slower to help us get stronger. Look at this passage from James chapter 1. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This says perseverance, the ability to wait, is one of the tests of maturity. Have you thought about that? It's one of the tests of maturity. Now, how long can a three-year-old wait? Not very long, right? How long can a teenager wait? About the same length of time as a three-year-old. But you see, eventually we grow up. Eventually we begin to understand that waiting is a part of the process. And uh, we learn that there's usually a waiting period between what we want and life right now. And what that's called is maturity. It's maturity. Sometimes God delays the answer because he's waiting for us to grow up enough and become mature enough to trust his timing. Secondly, when it seems like God isn't listening, Jesus says, God rewards persistence. God rewards persistence. In both stories that Jesus told, persistence paid off. Look at some of the, let's go a little further in the story in Luke chapter 11. Here's what it says, but I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. And so it is with prayer. Keep on asking and you will keep on getting Keep on looking and you will keep on finding. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. All who seek find. 
and the door is open to everyone who knocks. So I keep asking, I keep looking for an answer, and I keep knocking, and eventually, at the right time, in God's time, God will reward my persistence in prayer. Now, if that's true, if God rewards persistence, then there's two actions that I need to take. Here's the first one. I should pray boldly. I should pray boldly. Notice in both stories, Jesus praises the boldness of the friend who kept knocking and the widow who kept going to the judge. And we can be bold with God. We can ask him for what we need and we can continue to ask until we, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> until we see an answer to the situation. You don't have to be shy. If you think your requests are within God's will, if it isn't selfish, if it isn't sinful, ask. Ask. Pray boldly. Pray for your friends and your families to turn to God. Pray for a better job. Pray that your kids will obey you and keep praying until it actually happens. God seems to love bold, almost impossible sounding prayers. The second action is this, I should sit patiently. I should sit patiently. Look at this passage from Psalm 37. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Now, I don't mind waiting if you don't mind me grumbling and complaining the whole time. I don't mind waiting as long as I can grumble and complain while I'm doing it. But notice what it says. I'm supposed to rest in the Lord. I'm supposed to wait patiently for him to answer. Now, how do I know when I'm being patient? When I'm being patient, I'm not wiggling. Those of you with small kids know exactly what I'm talking about. When a small child is waiting, they're wiggling. I mean, they, uh, are, uh, they can't hold still. They have the fidgets. And um, often, I get the spiritual wiggles. I just keep fidgeting. I mean, I want to jump up from my time of prayer, and I want to do something. I mean, I want to rush out, and uh, I want to rush God's timing by doing something to try to create an answer to the prayer that I've been praying. And when we're waiting patiently, we aren't wiggling, we aren't fidgeting, we're just waiting and I don't know about you, but I don't do that well yet. Lastly, Jesus says, expect an answer. Expect God to answer. Expect God to answer. A few years ago, a Bible school teacher in her kid, kids' small group session asked her kids in her group to write letters to their church missionaries. They wanted to write letters to encourage the missionaries, to tell the missionaries that they were praying for them. And the teacher gave them this assignment and then said, I want you to know, though, our missionaries are really busy. And we're going to send these letters. We're going to encourage them. We're going to tell them that we're praying for them. But our missionaries might be too busy to write a letter back. And so don't be disappointed if they don't write back. So one of the missionaries was a little confused um, a few months later when he received a letter that said, Dear Mr. Missionary, we are praying for you, but we are not expecting an answer. 
Unfortunately, I think that little girl summarized the prayer lives of many followers of Christ. I mean, we're doing a lot of praying, but we're really not expecting answers sometimes. I mean, many of us would be absolutely shocked if God actually did what we asked him to do. We would just be absolutely shocked if what we prayed happened, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. We should expect God to answer our prayers. And the passage says, when we keep asking, we keep receiving. And Jesus says, when we ask God for something, we should expect to receive it. That kind of brings us back to our problem, doesn't it? I mean, some of you are, you're still not sure that you can trust God to answer your prayers. You're not even sure that you trust that God cares about what you're praying about and can I just gently tell you that if you're feeling that way it's probably due to a wrong view of who God is it's probably due to a wrong view of God I mean you might really view him like a judge who's reluctant to give you what you need you might really think that he's like that neighbor who's just too busy too preoccupied to even care about what you want, to even be bothered. But I want you to know those would be wrong views of him. You see, when we have trusted Jesus for salvation, when we've crossed the line of faith, Jesus is not our judge anymore. He is not our neighbor. He's not even our friend. He's our father. Maybe not a father like some of you had, but he's the father that we've all wanted to have. He's our father. He loves us. He cares about our every need. Look at the rest of the passage from Luke chapter 11. You men who are fathers, if your boy asks for bread, do you give him a stone? If he asks for fish, do you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, do you give him a scorpion? Of course not. And if even sinful persons like yourselves give children what they need, don't you realize that your heavenly Father will do at least as much and give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? Do you really think that you're going to take care of your children better than God's going to take care of you? Do you really think that you are a more caring parent than God? That's absolutely not the case. He loves you. He's going to care for you. He's going to do even better than you ask for. And that means, just like any good parent, sometimes he's going to say no. Other times, he's going to say wait, but... Some of those times he'll make you wait for an even better answer than what you prayed for. But no matter what, no matter what, he wants, to, wants you to keep asking him and he's going to hear you, he's going to answer you. And so when we feel like he isn't answering, when we've prayed about the same thing over and over, here's another question that I'm often asked, how long should we keep praying? How long do you do it? How how long do you keep praying for the same thing? During my nearly 40 years of ministry, I've been asked this question uh, many, many, many times. I've heard it from people who have had a husband or wife 
walk out on them and they say, you know, I've been praying for three or four years for, that they will come back. How long should I keep praying? And I've heard it in hospital rooms when someone's been struggling with a disease and it just doesn't look good and they, they say, how long should I keep praying for a miracle? And I've heard it from single people who have said, you know, I've prayed for 10 years or more for a God-honoring Christian mate and I want to be married. How long should I keep praying? And I've heard it from broken-hearted people. How long should I keep praying for my son or for my daughter or for my spouse or for my parents to turn towards God, to give their heart and life to Jesus? How long should I keep praying? At what point do we give up and stop praying? Here's my rule of thumb. Write it down. I can stop praying when God changes the situation or when God changes me. I can stop praying when God changes the situation or when God changes me. Sometimes God changes the situation. He answers the prayer and it's clear that he has answered and this situation is resolved. It might not be resolved the way that we had hoped, but it's resolved. Other times, God doesn't change the situation at all. He changes me. He changes my desire, or he makes me see that what I'm praying for is not what's best for me, or he helps me to be content without an answer that uh, I was seeking. But ultimately, God is keeping his promises. He will hear you. He will answer you. He doesn't get irritated with you. He doesn't feel that you're a burden when you pray. He listens and he answers. And he doesn't just answer, but he answers with enthusiasm because he loves you. And because through Jesus, he has fulfilled the promise to hear you and to answer you. And he's fulfilled it with a resounding yes. He said yes to hearing you and to answering you. Let's pray. Father, right now in this room, there are people who are just overwhelmed with disappointment. Some, Father, have honestly believed that you could do the miracle that they've prayed for, and yet you haven't done it yet. Father, others have been discouraged because it seems like every time they pray the situation gets worse or more discouraging and father we read very clearly in your word that you want us to keep on asking to keep on praying even when we're discouraged and father thank you so much that you want us to communicate with you that you reward our persistence Father, help us to keep on praying, not to nag you or to bug you, but to remind ourselves of how much we need you in our life. And Father, right this minute, in this quiet moment, I believe many prayers are going to you. People are crying out their hurts and their needs. And Father, right this minute, we pray both humbly and boldly. Father, we pray humbly because we know who we are. We know our sinfulness. We know our weaknesses. But Father, we pray boldly because we know who you are. 
We know your power, your strength, your love, your compassion. And Father, we know, we know that you always hear us and that you always answer. And we claim that promise right now as we pray. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord.